Thanks for being here tonight. We're glad that you uh, chose to be here with the Restoration Project uh, tonight. We'll be continuing uh, in the Gospel of Mark tonight. We're going to be in Mark chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 35. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The word of God for the people of God. Pray with me. God, we love you and we thank you for this chance to be here tonight. God, we thank you. Um, God, just for your word. God, we thank you for Jesus. God, we thank you that he has the power to calm the storms. God, we thank you that he has the power to calm the storms in our lives. God, just be with me tonight. Be with us. Open our minds, open our hearts, open our ears to your word. God, just help your word to be heard this evening. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Over the last couple of weeks, Josh has talked about tension. He's talked some about the tension between the insiders and the outsiders. Tension between hiddenness and revelation. Tension between depth and superficiality. Now, if you know me, you know superficiality was a hard word for me to say. I had to practice on it a lot because I was very close to getting tripped up with that. But we, Josh has been talking about tension, and we've seen um, in Jesus' teaching that along with Jesus in his teaching came tension. Now, we're going to see tonight that the disciples not only got to hear Jesus teach about tension, but they're going to jump right into that tension. Uh, my dad would probably say they're going to go from the frying pan into the fire. It's going to be, um, well, think about it. If you're, let me give you the example of Tobias. Uh, Tobias, up until this last fall, Tobias is my middle son. He's, as of a few days ago, he's seven now. His older brother, Caden, has been a baseball player since he could walk, but Tobias has not been a baseball player. So let's take Tobias, for example, and Tobias wanting to learn how to play baseball. Now, if I sat Tobias down in the house and I said, okay, Tobias, to hit a baseball, you grab a bat, you put it on your shoulder, you lift it up above your shoulder just a little bit. When the ball's coming, you keep your eye on the ball, you swing at the ball, you hit it, and you run. That might kind of give Tobias a little bit of a description of how to play baseball, but it's not going to do him a whole, whole lot of good until he gets out there on the field and he gets his bat, puts it on his shoulder, he holds it a little bit above his shoulder, he sees the ball coming, he keeps his eye on the ball, he swings, he hits it, 
and he runs. It's the same type of thing with the disciples here. They've heard Jesus talk about uh, these things that bring this tension. They've heard Jesus teach in parables, but now they're gonna actually see it happen. That day when the evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Jesus was teaching on one side of the Sea of Galilee and there was this big crowd around him. And as Jesus tended to do at times, after he taught or when he was in a crowd, he would retreat. He would go to be alone. He would go to be with his disciples. He would go to uh, be with his people. So Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. As they're crossing the Sea of Galilee, it says a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. The Sea of Galilee is down, I believe it's 200 feet below sea level is what I read. There are hills and mountains all around the Sea of Galilee. So the wind could come down into the Sea of Galilee and create almost instantaneous crazy weather. Uh, so the disciples and Jesus are on the boat. And Susie, this is just for you. When I read this, I think about the perfect storm. <laughs> okay, Tracy, maybe it was for you. I, I, I just picture the perfect storm, this crazy storm on the sea. And Jesus and the disciples are in the boat. Uh, and the disciples, remember, at least for the disciples, there were fishermen. So they've been through storms before. But this storm was so crazy that the, the disciples didn't know what they were going to do. And what was Jesus doing? He wasn't up running around going crazy like the, other, like the disciples. It says that Jesus was in the, in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Why do you think he was sleeping? I read some places that said that he was sleeping because he wanted to test the disciples and their faith. That could be one reason that he was sleeping. I also uh, read and, and kind of liked this description. He was sleeping because he was exhausted. He had just been teaching in front of huge crowds all day. I don't care if it's 90 degrees, 100 degrees outside when you're teaching and you've been outside all day, or if it's 70 degrees outside. If you've been outside teaching crowds all day, you're going to be tired. I think Jesus sleeping meant that Jesus needed some sleep. Jesus was a human. To me, this is part of where we see that Jesus is like us. He's a human. He needs to rest. He needs to, to get away. He needs to sleep. So Jesus was sleeping while all this craziness was going on around him. Jesus was sleeping on the cushion and the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we, if we drown? Um, another version says, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now my boys, uh, when, when Rachel's gone out of town, we tend to spend more time than we should sitting in the living room and going through Netflix trying to find shows that I like to watch that they can also, or they like to watch too, and it doesn't happen uh, real often. But while she was gone this last time, uh, we found this show called Brain Games. I don't know if any of you have ever seen the show. It's almost, uh, some of the episodes are kind of a, um, here's a magic trick and here's how it's done and your brain is playing tricks on you, or 
Here's um, one of them had what looked like two different colors of gray and a gray circle, two different shades of gray, and a gray circle, circle uh, up here on the lighter shade. And then when you move the circle down to the bottom, which looked darker, the circle blended in with that darker shade too. And what it is was some kind of brain trick. Your, your brain was playing tricks. Your brain, my brain was playing tricks on me. And, and so it really was the same color. It just looked to me like it wasn't the same color. Now, several episodes of Brain Games, they talk about how when you see stuff happen, your brain starts looking for something that you know, something you've seen before, something that you can compare that to to help you understand what you're seeing. This is a really simple example. When I saw Redmond, my brain started looking to see in my past, okay, who is that? I know that person, that's Redmond. When I saw Josh or Josh or Josh or Josh, or I think there's just three, my brain started going, okay, it's not that Josh, it's not that Josh, it's not that Josh. It started looking back in the past to compare from my past um, what's happening now to help me understand what's happening now, to help me remember who it is that I'm seeing now. Uh, this happens uh, when you're reading scripture too. That's why I put up that, let me go back to that second verse here. Um, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? When I read that from the uh, ESV and other versions that says, don't you care that we're perishing? The first thing that comes to mind is when I was however old and learning uh, scripture and learning John 3.16 that said that Jesus came so that we wouldn't perish. And so I kind of laughed to myself when I made that connection because I think, well, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Well, yeah, that's kind of why Jesus came to start with. That's kind of why he was on earth to start with because they were perishing. So Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Let's go back to brain games again for a second. Jesus got up and said, quiet, be still. And the wind and the waves listened. That brings up another time in Scripture that you remember back in the creation story. When the Bible talks about uh, the vast nothingness that there was, the, the, the sea that was there, but there was no form, there was no shape, there was, it was wild, it was crazy. And God created from that. And here we see, um, this is Jesus. A few verses ago, we saw the human side of Jesus where he needed sleep. Now we're seeing the godly side of Jesus where even the wind and even the waves obey him. Jesus brought that day calm. The disciples are going crazy. The sea's going crazy. The waves and the wind. And Jesus brought calm. Jesus brought peace. Everything's going crazy, but Jesus brought peace. Jesus brought something else that day too. He brought questions. Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? 
In Matthew 8, it's worded slightly differently. He says, you have little faith. Why are you afraid? So he brings a question to him. Why are you afraid? I'm here. God is with you. I'm in control. Why are you afraid? Let me sleep. Jesus says, you have little faith. Why are you afraid? He brought calm. He brought peace. He brought questions. He brought tension. And the disciples were living in that tension right there at that moment. He brought tension between insiders and outsiders, between hiddenness and revelation, between depth and superficiality. He also brought tension between belief and unbelief. Tension between faith and little faith, or faith and no faith. He said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Think about that for a second. The disciples had been with Jesus. They had seen his teachings. He had explained his teachings to them. And they still say, who is this? Even the wind, even the waves obey him. They were terrified. Another version uh, says uh, basically that they were, they were awestruck. They were in awe. They were amazed at Jesus and at what he had done. For the disciples that day, Jesus brought questions. For the disciples that day, Jesus brought tension. It's no different for us. We go through storms. They may not be physical storms like this, or they might be physical storms. Um, Robin and I were talking earlier about my parents who live in North Texas that have had a lot of rain. They're not um, affected much by the flooding at this point, but they've had a lot of rain. Uh, a lot of people very close to where I grew up are being physically affected by storms in their lives. We have things happen to us uh, that affect us, storms in our lives that affect us. We have questions. There's tension. When we have these storms, a lot of times we're faced with the question, who do we say that Jesus is? Who is Jesus? Who is this guy that seemed to be there three weeks ago but doesn't seem to be there now. When you have those thoughts, when you, when you remember, when that comes to mind that Jesus brings questions and tension, remember that Jesus also brings calm. Jesus also brings peace. So in the midst of questions and in the midst of tension, Jesus brings calm and Jesus brings peace. Jesus brings the kingdom. When Jesus comes near, the kingdom comes near. When we come near to Jesus, we're coming near to the kingdom.